Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. What is going on guys? It is Friday, September 19th and I am back at it again for the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. I apologize for not putting out a podcast Thursday. Had some some stuff go down and was not able to get home in time to record something for the Thursday night game. Uh, Didn't really turn out to be much of a game but still I apologize for not being able to get something out. Due to me not being able to do that, I didn't get a chance obviously to talk about the college stuff. I'm going to try and do, um, as I talked about earlier in the week, do a podcast Saturday talking about the, the top prospects in college at that time. Uh, I will also do a pod or uh, at, on that podcast. I will talk about uh, some of the big college games that I missed over the past two weeks and then the big games coming down this Saturday. So with that being said, for today's podcast, I will do a breakdown of the Thursday night game uh, that was uh, between the Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals last night, and then I will go ahead and start breaking down all of the games coming up this Sunday and, of course, the Sunday night game as well. But, of course, before all that, we need to get into the breaking news, and man, did a big... Uh, I would say not necessarily a big trade, but did some big news just kind of drop about an hour before I started recording in the trade of Carlos Hot. So before I break down that trade and give you my thoughts on that, let's go ahead and get into the breaking news and discuss all the other news that have happened that's happened over the past couple days. For the news around the NFL right now, starting off with uh, some injury stuff, um, looks like Marshawn Lynch is going to miss at least a month with a groin injury. Uh, there was talk about them putting him on IR. It doesn't look like that's going to happen right now, which is good. Obviously, if they put Lynch on IR right now, he has to miss at least eight weeks, which is not what, obviously, for fantasy we want. So if he's able to just possibly miss a month, and then come back, that'll help. Obviously, I would think most people don't have him 
or not or not they have him, but they're not counting on him to do much for him. Likely is most people's RB two. Uh, the Raiders will turn to Doug Martin apparently to fill Lynch's role, and then Jalen Richard will continue being the pass catching back. Uh, I'm not sure I trust Doug Martin. Uh, not sure he's going to be good at all. Uh, I uh, I would trust Jalen Rashard here some. Again, he's he's played fairly well in that receiving back role. Oakland is likely going to be down in most of the games that they are in. Therefore, Rashard should get a fair uh, a fair amount of work and a fair um, amount of catches and everything, and and should help boost him up, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, we also got news yesterday, obviously, that Ryan Tannehill is going to be out this week again with the shoulder injury. And we will see uh, Brock Osweiler back at the helm once again for the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure Brock is going to be able to be quite as good as he was last week. Uh, like I said, he, he came out and balled out. He he is 5-0 and against the Bears. I don't know what it is about that team, but he seemed to just be able to beat them. They have a... It was going to look like at least be a decent game and going up against the Detroit Lions. We've seen the Lions defense get uh, beat up and torn apart by some quarterbacks and some play, uh, some offensive play. I, I, I'm not, uh, it's just hard for me to think that Osweiler is going to tear these guys apart, but I do think that it's going to be a good game, a good offensive game. Uh, so, you know, I, while I don't see Albert Wilson, you know, turning a five-yard catch into a 75-yard touchdown, I think Albert Wilson has some value this week. I think the Miami Dolphins offense, uh, in, in general, has a lot of upside right here with Brock in there, especially because Gay seems to trust him after their time in Denver and now being together in Miami. And then, of course, um, after last night's just blowout loss, the Cardinals have fired offensive coordinator uh, Mike McCoy, which is, is funny to me because just after the game, head coach Steve Wilkes said that it's too early to talk about changes and we're not going to do anything like that, and then not even 10 hours later, Mike McCoy gets fired. It does make sense, though. Uh, this offense has a lot of good players on it, such as Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Kirk, Christian Kirk, David Johnson, and just none of these guys are really doing anything. This offense just can't seem to get going. I, I would still say there's a a lot of it's got to go on that offensive line. It's just been really bad. Not help. It doesn't help that they've had many injuries on there as it is uh, this year. Just had to put, I believe, in two new offensive linemen this past week for this game due to injury. So this team has just really been beating the crap this year with injuries. Uh, I don't know if you can blame Mike McCoy, but then again, his his play calling was not not doing them any favors either uh for anybody who watched the game last night i i was not able to watch the full game turn it on a little bit before half and uh just them deciding to run david johnson right up the middle all the time and never trying to really get him any outside runs uh only got three catches just doesn't make any sense to me because he's he's one of the elite backs in the nfl and speaking of running backs in the NFL, the big news that came down, obviously, right before uh, I got home and got ready to record, the Cleveland Browns are sending Carlos Hyde to the Jaguars for their 2019, 2019 fifth round pick. So there are a lot of tentacles to go along with this trade. For starters, Jacksonville side of thing. Um 
it really worries me about Leonard Fournette. Um, I think the Jaguars obviously have bigger ambitions than our fantasy teams and our fantasy championships. They're trying to make the playoffs again and get to a Super Bowl. My assumption would be with the fact that they've brought Carlos Hyde over for what realistically is not that much, just giving up a fifth-round pick, is that I think they're going to shut Fournette down for a while. Now, there's been some talk out there he may only be shut down for a couple more weeks that may be true. I just don't see it. I know, again, that a fifth-round pick isn't much in the NFL, uh, but still, to get someone of Carlos Hyde's value for a fifth-round pick, I, I imagine that Fournette's going to be shut down for a while. My guess would be somewhere between four to six weeks. Again, that's just a guess, though. I don't have. I don't know that. I don't have any inside information. Uh, I also don't think that it changes much of TJ Yeldon's value. So Yeldon, I think, is still going to get a lot of the receiving work. I think that is where he thrives. I don't think he's an every-down back. I know he's been getting the carries and the volume when Fournette's been out, which has helped his value, obviously. Uh, you know, last week I think was kind of an aberration in the fact that the defense gave up 40 points and gave up a lot of points so quickly. I believe it was like 21 nothing or 21-7 fairly early on in that game that you really can't just continue to run the ball, so he only got the 10 carries, but he does produce a lot in the receiving game. With Hyde there, I think Yeldon is going to be kind of reserved to that receiving down role, and Hyde will be the first and second down guy. Uh, so like I said, Yeldon for me I think is still a worthy flex pay play, obviously not as high as a RB2 now just because Hyde's there. I think Hyde uh, could be an RB2 in this offense. They do have an an awesome offensive line uh you know much better than what he was running behind in Cleveland this year and you know Hyde Hyde should still be you know productive until Fournette comes back and like I said that could be anywhere from two to never I mean I could depending on how bad the hamstring is I could see something where he doesn't come back till almost you know the NFL playoffs or our fantasy playoffs for Cleveland I think this really Obviously, obviously, it boosts up Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is going to be the lead down back now. He's he's going to be the guy. He's already looked better in his limited work with Hyde as it is in this offense. With you know the more explosive runs and everything, I've liked the way he's looked. He's obviously going to get a bulk of the carries, but I think it boosts Duke Johnson up as well. Some so now he has a more clear role, more defined role. Nick Chubb does not catch the ball very well out of the backfield, so that is going to be clearly a Duke Johnson role. I think he's going to get used more. Now I think he'll be out there in two RB sets a lot with him and Chubb. He'll be able to split out, maybe move into the slot. He'll get catches. He'll be able to do more damage in the receiving game than he's done really up until this point just because they've had you know him, Hyde, uh, and Chubb that they've been kind of fighting for a lot of the work. I think now with just the two of them there, it's going to free up Duke Johnson as well for fantasy. All right, so that is it for the breaking news of today. And with all that being said, we'll jump right into breaking down Sunday's game. So the first game I've got up here is the 3-2 and Carolina Panthers going up against the 3-3 and Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Philly is a 69% favorite to win this game, and they are a 4.5 favorite. So... For Philly's side here, obviously Carson Wentz is going to be the key for a lot of these uh, offensive players and how good he's going to be. He's looked much better uh, as the weeks have gone on into the season, uh, him being back and uh, be, you know working, getting more and more reps on that knee, which is you know very important. Obviously, coming off a torn ACL and MCL, 
Um, for the for the Eagles, they don't really have much out. Obviously, Darren Sproles is out. Um, we we kind of knew that going into this game. So for fantasy, not a lot there. I do think it's going to be a split backfield between Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement. Again, I've I've been very uh, open about the fact that I'm more of a Clement guy. I think he's better than Wendell Smallwood. Uh, he has been dealing with an injury himself, though. With, uh, with his quad. So that's going to be something to watch. Uh, I believe that they've been holding him out of practice because they want him to play in the game. So as long as he's going to play, he should be good. I would take him over Smallwood. Ertz, I think, is still going to be be great this week. I had him ranked as the number two tight end on the week. Uh, again, er, uh, not er, Ertz doesn't target Ertz. Uh, Wentz targets Ertz quite often. I mean, it's his go-to guy. I've got no worries about Ertz. For the wide receivers here... It's going to be interesting for me. Obviously, uh, you've got Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, kind of the one and two here. So uh, I'm sure I've said this before, but I really think that Alshon Jeffrey, <coughs> excuse me, has the most upside here. Um, gets he, he he's someone that Wentz targets in the red zone. I like his chances to score in this game. Uh, Aguilar, I think, is more of a PPR machine, uh, and you're going to get your points mainly out of him getting you know the four or five catches for like 50 yards. Uh, I don't expect him to get a touchdown in this game. On the Panthers side of things here, again, Cam Newton, I've got him ranked fairly high at QB this week because I think he's going to do everything he can to keep Carolina in this game. I do think that he's going to have to run and throw to keep them in this game with Philly. Uh, and so with, in doing that, it's going to boost his points up fairly significantly, especially if he gets more than one rushing touchdown or if he even just gets a rushing touchdown. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I would think, or at least I believe is going to have a good game this week again. Last week, the uh, the Panthers' defense was, or not sorry, the Panthers' defense, the Eagles' defense was shredded by Saquon Barkley in the rushing and the receiving game. Now, while Christian McCaffrey is not Saquon Barkley, he's pretty damn close. So I expect the Panthers to use him quite often in the receiving game, going up against some of these linebackers, and then at times just being able to run the ball at well and just kind of give himself a uh, a chance to make some big plays out there as he was kind of limited this past week. Wide receiver for the Panthers. The only player we can really trust is Devin Funches. Um, I don't think he's going to have a particularly big game here. This Philadelphia secondary is actually fairly good, and I have the Panthers winning this game. Next up, we have the two, three, and one Cleveland Browns going up against the two and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is the 73% favorite to win this game, and they are given 3.5 points. For Cleveland's side here, again, it's going to be key for them is Baker. Does he bounce back after what was a horrible game last week against the San Diego Chargers? He's getting a, to go up against a much better defense or a better defense for him, I should put it that way, um, than he did when he went up against the Chargers. I personally think he's going to have a good game. Right now, with a little over 1,000 yards and four touchdowns and five interceptions, I expect Baker to have a multiple passing down, passing touchdown game and win this game for the Browns this week. As we discussed in the breaking news, Nick Chubb is now the starting running back for the Cleveland Browns, and I like what I've seen from Nick Chubb. Again, he only has 16 carries so far this season, but 173 yards and two touchdowns. He has been awesome, has looked really good. Um, hopefully it wasn't just a change of pace thing because he didn't get many carries behind Hyde, but he'll be given the full workload here. I think you can immediately plug him in your lineups and expect him to be at worst an RB2. Again, 
with that happening, I think that boosts Duke up. I still am a little worried to play Duke this week. I, I would, if you're desperate, I think he can go into a flex spot. <clears throat> with him being that uh, uh, receiving back out of the backfield now with Chubb there, I think he'll be able to be used a little bit more like what he was last year. Hopefully, uh, Todd Haley can figure that out now with just having Chubb and Duke back there. Yeah, wide receiver, so Landry obviously did not have a good game last week. Has been pretty subpar, I would say, so far this season. I think they're going to get back to targeting him and using him a lot again. It was just a bad game last week. Mayfield is still a rookie. It's going to happen. He's going to have bad games. I do expect him to bounce back. I like Landry in this game. I also like David Njoku. I think he has a chance to be the top tight end this week. Uh, So far, uh, in the past three weeks, he has been the leading uh, targeted receiver and gotten the most receptions out of this whole Cleveland Browns wide receiver crew. Um, Again, he's been awesome. He's a freak. He's going to be, like I said, I think has a chance to really finish up in that top three at tight end this week. Uh, I really don't trust anybody else on this Browns wide receiver core. I'd love to trust Antonio Callaway. I'm just not sure he's going to be able to get it done. Uh, He's kind of come up short the past few weeks. There has been a lot of talk about possibly Damian Ratley having a good game here. Uh, He has a decent matchup playing over there in the slot. Um, I would definitely pick him up as someone who intrigues me, but I'm not sure I would play him this week. On Tampa Bay's side of things here, obviously Jameis Winston is back at it again. I expect Jameis to have a good game. Uh, I actually expect this to be a shootout. Uh, I don't see the Cleveland Browns defense really slowing him down much. Peyton Barber has kind of gotten a new lease on life since Jameis Winston's come back. Uh, I expect him to get a bulk of the carries here. Hopefully we see a little bit of Ronald Jones again. I think Ronald Jones is going to break out in 2019. Uh, Peyton Barber should get some good run here. I don't expect him to score against this defense, but I do think he'll put up some good yardage. At wide receiver, so I think you can play both Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans here in this game. Obviously, Evans being more of a possession wide receiver and red zone threat where Deshaun Jackson has really got the kind of boom-bust factor of being a the deep threat. Um, I think both of them will be fine here. I actually think both of them score in this game. I think it's going, like I said earlier, be like a 35-34 game with the Browns pulling off the win. Uh, So I think easily you can, not easily start both of them, but I think you can start both of them. I don't expect them to both kind of be mediocre like they were last week. And then at tight end for the Buccaneers, I think really the only guy you can start with any confidence is O.J. Howard. Again, I, I like Cameron Bray. He seems to have been Jameis Winston's go-to guy uh, for the past couple of years, but Howard got more targets and more receptions last week than Bray. Uh, and I actually think that kind of continues. If, you, if you're desperate, play Bray and hope that he gets a touchdown much like he did last week. But I think if you've got to choose one or the other, I would go Howard. And again, I have the Cleveland Browns winning this game. Next up... We have the three and three Tennessee Titans going up against the four and two Los Angeles Chargers, and I'm not sure this is going to be much of a game. Uh, the Chargers are favored to win this game uh, by seventy-one percent, and they are a six-point favorite against the Titans. So on the Titans side of things here. I don't think you can honestly trust anybody. You can't trust Marcus Mariota, Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis, Corey Davis. Uh, I just I don't see how you can start any of them with any kind of confidence. This Chargers defense has looked really good throughout most of the year, even though they still they still have Joey Bosa and obviously Jason Verrett, who went out on the IR earlier in the year. 
I personally, unless you just have to or you're desperate playing in these guys, I would avoid them because I'm not expecting any of them to have a good game. Of course, with all the projections and everything showing the Chargers are going to blow them out, Tennessee is going to end up pulling this one out somehow. Uh, on Los Angeles' side here, Phillip Rivers I think is good to go. I think he's a top 12 quarterback this week. Melvin Gordon, same. Uh, I am a little worried about Gordon just because he popped up on the injury report with a hamstring issue. He did practice and everything. Usually that means that he's going to be fine. But hamstrings are no joke. Obviously, ask Leonard Fournette and his fantasy owners how they feel about hamstrings. But if you've got Gordon, you're playing him unless some news comes out before the game times tomorrow that he is going uh, to be out due to that. Uh, I think Eckler is still obviously a viable play here. Him and Melvin Gordon have just been tearing up the league together, splitting that backfield share, him getting some receiver uh, receiving yards. Uh, and touchdowns as well as the rushing yards. I think he's a decent uh, flex play this week. Keenan Allen and these other wide receivers. Let's see. So Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams has the best matchup this week. He is the one I expect to have the better game. Keenan Allen has kind of struggled here to start off the season. I think a lot of it, and I think I've talked about it before, is the fact that he's not in the slot as much as that is where he thrived last year. Uh, so with him not being there in the slot, I think it's kind of hurting his value a little bit. I still think he's the best wide receiver on this group, and I actually have him scoring this week. Uh, but if I had to choose one of those guys that I would play, I think it's Mike Williams. I, I think he's got the best matchup this week, and we've already seen what he can do. Uh, at tight end, obviously, you have Antonio Gates. I'm not expecting much of Antonio Gates. If you have Gates and you're starting him, you're realistically hoping he just scores a touchdown because that's about all he can do up into, up at this point uh, in his career. And then, of course, I have the Los Angeles Chargers winning this game. Next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings, the 3-2-1 Minnesota Vikings, going up against the 3-3 three three New York Jets. Uh, this is actually fairly close with Minnesota getting about 54% of the projected win. Uh, I thought Minnesota would be much higher than that and they're only being given or they're only being favored by three points. I think a lot of that speaks to the Jets defense, the struggles that the Vikings have shown on offense at times and then of course, all right, for the Vikings, obviously the big news here is going to be what is going to go on with Dalvin Cook. Right now, I'm pretty sure that he is out, uh, if I read that correctly. Uh, just happened earlier today, and again, I think that means you, you've just got to rely on Latavius Murray then now at this point. Uh, he obviously came through for you last week. I would imagine he's he's going to be able to do that again for you this week Pos- probably, not even probably, he won't come through quite as much as he did last week just due to the fact that the Jets' defense is much better than than what they had uh, to face last week. Uh, obviously, in the Cardinals, again, we saw that last night with how much Denver uh, destroyed them as well. And my goodness, speaking of that, I realize I never gave the Thursday night breakdown. So, unfortunately, we will do that at the end of this since I've already started my Sunday stuff. I apologize, guys. Uh, Really, I think that just speaks to how much I thought that was not much of a game last night, which I'm sure many of you thought the same thing as well. But getting back on track here, so obviously I expect Kirk to be fine here. Again, he is playing a very good defensive front. Uh, Leonard Williams is going to be key here for the Jets in trying to get home against Kirk and this poor offensive line. But as much uh, 
really is as much uh, volume as he's been getting in the passing game. I just can't see how you could pass up starting Kirk. Again, this is a really good defense. Uh, I don't expect him to just go off like he has earlier but I, uh, in the season, but I do expect him to have a good game here. I expect him to put up, you know, close to 18 to 20 points probably. And, of course, if he gets that rushing touchdown like last week, that'll really help out. That's what I'm obviously hoping for as a Kirk owner. Um, but I do expect him to have a good game. Uh, Adam Thielen, I expect to have a good game here as well. Again, he's had uh, six straight games with over 100 yards to start off this season. Has scored in five of them. I expect him to get the better matchups in the secondary than the, than Stephon Diggs. Obviously, um, I just I, I don't think they're going to be able to slow him down completely. Uh, I really I really like what he's been doing so far this year. Uh, you know. Again, if Jamal Adams is up against him, you know, the, they're just safety who balls out. I, I could see him somewhat slowing down, especially if they play him over the top. Uh, but I'm not really sold on any of these cornerbacks. You know, Buster Screen is out with a concussion here. Uh, Perry, Roberts, Robertson, I'm just not sold on these guys really being able to slow him down. Morris Claiborne is old. Uh, so whoever... They have lined up against Steelen. I'm. Not, I don't think they're going to be able to slow him down. I think he's going to have a good game, and I actually expect Stephon Diggs to show up a little bit here. I know he's been kind of down the past two weeks. I expect him to get up some points and score a touchdown. And then Kyle Rudolph. Um, I'm not really sure on Kyle Rudolph where I lean with him. I think a lot of his value, as I've talked about, or uh, on the rankings episode Wednesday, is going to come from being. Uh, getting scores in the red zone. That's where he's going to get targeted more often uh, by Kirk Cousins. I just don't see him doing much in the middle of the field, uh, and that worries me a little bit just because I'm not sure how often they're going to get down into the red zone in this game. Uh, I do think like Thielen and Diggs who can make plays and score themselves. I don't see Rudolph being able to do that, so I'm not as high on Rudolph this week as I usually would be. On the Jets side of things here, obviously Sam Darnold uh, has really looked like he's improved every week. I, I like what he's been doing. Uh, you know, has the nine touchdowns, seven interceptions, 1,300 yards. Uh, and this Minnesota Vikings defense has shown that they can be beat. They're not quite that lockdown defense that they were last year. Xavier Rhodes has just looked poor in coverage. Of course, Quincy and Newton will, will not be there for the Jets, so... They're going to have to rely heavily on guys like Jermaine Curse. I believe uh, Terrell Pryor is also likely going to be out uh, in this game as well uh, with a groin injury. So again, they're going to have to lean heavily on Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson. And then uh, likely Sharon Peak or Andre Roberts. I really like Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse in this game. Again, I think this Minnesota Vikings uh, defense and secondary is beatable. As for the running game, though, I think it's more a Belial Powell game than Isaiah Crowell. Now, I know Crowell has been limited some, a lot of that possibly being to just the fact that he was, you know, uh, running all over Denver's defense just a couple weeks ago. I don't think he's truly recovered from that yet. He usually doesn't get that kind. Uh, he gets that kind of run. Uh, then we've got 
Uh, so wait, I'm sorry. I already said Bilal Powell. So yeah, like I said, a Bilal Powell game for me here for the Jets. Uh, for their tight ends, again, I didn't have Chris Herndon ranked last week. He obviously came through. I did like him coming out of college. Uh, I do think that he is their tight end for the future, but I'm not expecting much for him or from him out of this game. And then I have uh, the Vikings winning this game. Uh, not not necessarily easily, but I expect them to cover that three the 3.5 points that they are being given. Next up, we have the 2-3 and three Detroit Lions going up against the 4-2 and two Miami Dolphins in a game that I think has sneaky good fantasy potential with the Miami Dolphins being given the 50% edge here, 50.9 to 48.1. And uh, Detroit, though, is favored by 3 points. So, or I'm sorry, 50.9% to 48.7%, which makes no sense to me whatsoever but whatever uh so for the lines here matt stafford expect him to have a good game again we we talked about this earlier in the week the dolphins have a fairly good secondary although it's being said now that minka fitzpatrick will likely not line up in the slot against golden tate like i earlier thought uh, earlier in the week that is great news for Stafford and Golden Tate. I think obviously they have the best connection, uh, in my opinion, in that in that secondary or not secondary in the wide receiver core. Uh, so I expect Stafford to have a good game here and Golden Tate. Uh, I don't think Marvin Jones does much here. Kenny Galladay is someone that I'm not a hundred percent sold on in this game. Obviously, he has the big playability, but I think that he's going to be the one guy the Dolphins secondary keys on if they do that. Yeah, I think he's really going to have to score to come through for you. I don't expect him to put up a lot of catches and yards in this game. For the running backs, I think it's all carry-on. I know Blunt is probably going to get his work, but carry-on is by far the uh, better back, more explosive. Now, I would play him as a flex option. Other than him, I wouldn't mess with Theo Riddick, and I would not mess with LeGarrette Blunt. On Miami's side here, again, obviously Ryan Tannehill is out yet again, so we will see the Brock lobster going out there brocktober uh brock you baby whatever else you want to call him he he's going to be out there and i don't think that's necessarily bad for these wide receivers again he played really good last week uh, mostly because adam gase trust him in this offense they worked together in denver before he left to become the miami head coach and brock understands his system knows how it works i think brock can succeed here yet again against what has been a very poor detroit defense so far this season uh, at running back, I think you have to go with Gore at this point. Uh, as I talked about on Monday's podcast, uh, the report coming out that they don't trust Drake because he gives up too many negative yards on some runs. Again, I, I don't. I understand what they're saying. I just don't understand the move. I think Kenyon Drake is by far a more superior back than Frank Gore, but Frank Gore has looked very good so far this season, and he's shown up when being called upon. Uh, so I think if you have him, I would be hesitant to start him as anything more than a flex starter, but I do think he gets a more run than Kenyon Drake here. Kenyon Drake, if you've got him, I would, same thing. I mean, unless you're desperate, I honestly would not play him until he finally takes his backfield back over again. At wide receiver, uh, I, I do think Albert Wilson has a fairly decent game here again. Again, I don't expect him to take you know five yard catches 75 yards to the house but I expect him to get a, a fair amount of looks here I do expect him to score and he's really the only one I trust out of this group I might play Kenny Stills as well but I'd avoid uh 
Shaquem Grant and Danny Amendola. And, of course, I don't expect Devontae Parker to play with the quadriceps injury. And then at tight end, uh, I don't trust A.J. Derby or Mike Gusecki. So both of those are an avoid for me. Uh, if you had to start one, it would definitely be A.J. Derby, though, as he scored already. And uh, he's he's out snapping Mike Gusecki fairly significantly. And then, of course, I have the Detroit Lions winning this game. Next up, another really interesting early game as the 4-2 New England Patriots are going up against the 3-2 Chicago Bears. Uh, Chicago being given the 50.1% chance to win this game and New England being just a three-point favorite. So for New England side of things here, there's some injuries here on Chicago's defense that I think really is going to make uh, this game uh, intriguing for the Patriots' defense. So at cornerback for the Chicago Bears, you have Bryce Callahan is questionable with the ankle and Marcus Cooper is doubtful with a hamstring. Uh, Prince Mukamara is still dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, I, it doesn't say if he's doubtful to play or anything at the moment. Again, though, hamstring injuries are very worrisome. If Amukamara struggles with that hamstring injury, I think this could be a huge Josh Gordon game. And I know uh, Brady posted that last week and everybody got all hyped up, me included, and nothing happened. I think this is the chance, though, especially if Amukamara deals with is dealing with that injury and is not quite 100%, I could see Josh Gordon going off here. Obviously, for the Patriots, you've got to play Julian Edelman if you have him. He's just been always been Brady's rock the past couple years. He's going to be good. He's dealing with a little bit of a heel issue as Gordon is still dealing with his hamstring issue, but they're both going to be fine and be playing. They're the only two I would trust uh, the wide receivers, obviously, if you have Gronk, you're playing him. Uh, you know, he, he is Gronk. As long as he's in the lineup, you're playing him. And then at running back, uh, you know, same thing as every week. I think you're playing James White and you're playing Sony Michelle. And and you really don't have anything to worry about. I mean, Sony Michelle is questionable right now with the knee injury, uh, though he is expected to play. I expect him to play and I expect him to be just fine. Uh Really, like I said, he, he, he's he been balling out since he's come back. I don't expect him to score two touchdowns this week, but I do have him with 100 yards and a touchdown. On Chicago's side of things here, so Mitch Trubisky has looked much better the past couple weeks in this offense. Again, he's, he's really learning a whole new offense, has not been an NFL starter for long. I've liked the way he's looked. What's going to be interesting for me here is how New England plays him. So they obviously just played the Chiefs last week, and an interesting little nugget about that, Matt Nagy comes from that style of offense. In fact, the Bears play a very similar offense to what the Chiefs have been doing as he is a disciple of Andy Reid. What's going to be interesting is that they've kind of been using lately Taylor Gabriel as their own version of Tyreek Hill, and he's been thriving in that role the past couple weeks, where they've been using uh, Tariq Cohen uh, more in almost like a Brian Westbrook role going back to, to Andy's Eagles days. Uh, I expect Taylor Gabriel to have a decent game here, as I do expect them to kind of focus in on Allen Robinson, though Robinson 
has uh, been dealing with an injury as well. He was put on the injury report earlier, to, or I believe it was yesterday. Uh, he was a practice participant today, but he's dealing with a groin injury. Uh, I would still play A-Rob, but I'd, I'd be worried a little bit about him. Like I said, I expect Taylor Gabriel to have a great game here. When it comes to the running backs between Howard and Cohen, obviously Cohen is the much safer play. Uh, he's like he's been balling out lately, uh, out snapping Howard, just looking better at everything than Howard. He's looked better breathing, looked better walking, talking, everything. It's been ridiculous how much better he has been uh, over Jordan Howard. I do expect Howard to eventually come back to being the guy here, possibly when the weather starts getting colder and they're going to rely on him to run the ball more often. Uh, What worries me about Tariq Cohen in this game, though, is I do think that he is one of their more explosive weapons. And again, Bill Belichick has always been very good about taking at least one player out of each game. And I think it could be Cohen, especially with A-Rob struggling with that injury. But I think if you've got him, you've just got to put him in there because he's been so just dangerous and putting up so many points the past couple weeks. Uh, Also, uh, for Trey Burton, I expect him to have a decent game here. Um, Nothing too extraordinary, but I do expect him to come through for you. And then, of course, I actually have the Chicago Bears winning this game. Next up, we have the 2-4 Buffalo Bills going up against the 1-5 Indianapolis Colts with the Colts. Colts, yes, the Colts, Matt Bruning. The Colts getting a 79% uh, chance to win this game and are 7.5 favorites. Uh, For the Bills here, obviously, Josh Allen, again, out for multiple weeks due to the UCL sprain in his throwing elbow. We will have Derek Anderson uh, coming back, the 35-year-old veteran starting for the Buffalo Bills, and I don't think that's necessarily bad news. Uh, Josh Allen seemed to be struggling with kind of reading NFL offenses and just playing in general I don't think that's necessarily his fault a lot of people said that he was not ready to be a starting quarterback Uh, he obviously has a lot of skill and talent he just wasn't ready yet Uh, I think Derek Anderson is going to be more than capable of running an NFL offense here Uh, I don't think that it does much for these wide receivers but I do think it gives Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin a little bit of a boost obviously Benjamin played together with Derek Anderson in Carolina as well so there might be a nice little connection between those two at running back obviously you got Shady McCoy I think again with Derek Anderson being there the threat of throwing helps him a little bit of course Darius Leonard has just been terrorizing offenses and running games all season So we'll see what Shady can do against him. Uh, Obviously, though, if you have Shady, you're playing him. And uh, at the wide receivers, I'd play Zay Jones if you're looking for an upside play. And I might actually throw Kelvin in as a flex spot start. And I would not trust Charles Clay at all. And honestly, I wouldn't start Derek Anderson unless you were truly desperate at quarterback. For Indy's side of things, Andrew Luck uh, is going to, I think, have a really good game here. Again, Buffalo's defense has looked much better since Sean McDermott took over. So I don't expect Andrew Luck to blow them out. I do think 7.5 is a, a fair number here being given by Vegas. I expect him to still have a good game, though. Again, he's been throwing upwards of 40 times a game. With that kind of volume, just comes numbers. He's really only not put up a lot of numbers in two games. Does have the 16 touchdowns and 8 interceptions already. At wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton is expected to be back, and that is huge. Uh, Even more better news or good news for Luck. Uh, I think if... 
Hilton is back, it just gives him another great player to throw the ball to. Uh, obviously, he's really been relying on Eric Ebron, and then last week, the new guy, Zach Pascal, and then Ryan Grant, who is out already with the ankle injury. So it's just going to be Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal, and then T.Y. Hilton. I expect T.Y. Hilton to have a monstrous game here in the return. Regardless if Tredavious White is on him or not for the Bills, I think Hilton is going to have a good game. And then, of course, Eric Ebron, if you've got him, start him. You know, I think that's kind of a no-doubt thing now. As long as Jack Doyle uh, is out, and honestly, even if Jack Doyle return once Jack Doyle returns for the Indianapolis Colts, I think he's still going uh he's still going to be awesome awesome. He he's going to be good. He's continued to be good uh even when Doyle was in there that first game before he got injured. At running back, uh Marlon Mack is likely going to get the start here yet again. Uh he did have a good game last week rushing for the eighty yards. Um I would probably start him again. I'm not a big Mac believer, never have been. Uh, so it's hard for me to say that I, I would trust starting him, but I think with what he did last week and having luck back there finally behind center with him is going to help him. And then Naheem Hines as well. Uh, I know he missed the touchdown last week where he jumped instead of just standing there and catching the ball, which hurt a lot of owners, including myself. Uh, but I think he could have a, a bounce-back game here, uh, splitting out here with Mac and splitting some carries and then getting some work in the receiving game. Uh, and I have the Indianapolis Colts winning this game. Next up, we have, man, just another really good early morning game in the three and three Houston Texans going up against the three and three Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags getting sixty percent favorites and four point five, giving four point five points. So, for the Texans side of here, Deshaun Watson, he's been you know, realistically fairly good, had a couple up and down games. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge game here. Uh, we saw how well Dak Prescott was ever to, was able to kind of carve up this defense last week with the RPOs and the bootlegs and the snakes out or snakes out. What the hell am I talking about? The RPOs and the bootleg out. My goodness, I am just exhausted and talking out of my ass on that last one. Uh, but anyways, uh, obviously, is the way Dak was able to carve them up last week, I think is good news for Deshaun Watson because he can do the same thing, if not be better at it than what Dak was. So I like Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, Lamar Miller, I would not use him at all. I, I just do not think he's going to have a good game here at all. He's only got 200 yards on the year right now with 73 carries. He has been horrible. Again, Donta Foreman is expected to be back next week. If he is on your waiver wire, get him now. I'm telling you, there is no way in hell Lamar Miller keeps this job once Foreman is in football shape and ready to go. At wide receiver, obviously Hopkins, there's no way... Uh, I, he's likely going to be matched up against Jalen Ramsey, uh, and they've had some very interesting battles in the past where Hopkins has gotten him, Jalen Ramsey has gotten him. I like Hopkins this week. I think he's going to have a good game, and I think, of course, with with uh, Ramsey being on Hopkins and uh, 
I, I like I said, I, I while I expect Hopkins to have a good game, uh, I think he'll go. Watson will target Will Fuller quite often in this game to kind of get away from Jalen Ramsey. I expect Will Fuller to have a decent game here. Not expecting much out of Kiki Kuti. Uh, so I mean, I you can start him if you're desperate. I personally wouldn't. I would stick with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins in this game. Uh, for Jacksonville here, I mean, just I don't really don't even know what to say because I don't know which Blake Bortles is going to show up to the game. If good Blake is there, uh, this defense for the Texans can be had. I think that he could easily put up numbers against them. The problem is we have seen bad Blake show up more often than good Blake. Uh, with with that being said, again, we, uh, we just talked about in the breaking news, Carlos Hyde coming over. Uh, I don't expect Hyde to get a lot of work this week as he it's already Friday. He just got traded over. He's not going to know the playbook. So this is probably your last week to ride out TJ Yeldon as the number one option in this uh, running game, and I would do so. I think he could have a very good game here, not just rushing the ball, but catching the ball. For the wide receivers, uh, I think it's still all just D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole. I don't trust any of these other guys. I know Dante Moncrief has had a couple good games here. I think if Blake Bortles is playing good, those are the two guys he's going to rely on. I'm expecting good Blake to show up this week, and uh, I actually expect both D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole to score and I have the Jags defense riding their ship a little bit and uh, winning this game against Houston that is all of the early Sunday slate games so now to jump into the three afternoon games we have the four and one New Orleans Saints going up against the four and two Baltimore Ravens and this game I think is going to be awesome Baltimore being the 60% favorite and uh, being a given 2.5 points. So, for New Orleans side of things, obviously, coming off the bye week, Drew Brees doesn't really have to worry about that record anymore. He's already broken it, most passing yards. Um, I think Brees is going to have a good game here. What worries me, as we talked about in the rankings episode Wednesday, is how good Baltimore's defense has been. So, they have the most turnovers and the most sacks right now. They have not allowed a a touchdown in the second half the entire season and they have had some fairly good games here guys it's not like they've been playing the Oakland Raiders every week they they've had some pretty good matchups it's hard for me to think that they're going to be able to shut the the Saints out of the end zone for the entire second half but they've done it all season so far I could actually see them doing it so that is why I had Breeze ranked so low as long with Kamara and Michael Thomas. I don't expect I expect them to have a very good first half and uh, while they'll put up points in the second half, I, like I said I don't expect them to score. For the running backs here obviously, uh so we got Mark Ingram back. He'll be splitting time with Alvin Kamara and this is something I'm really interested in watching this week because we really didn't get to see much of it, I feel like, in that first game back. They seemed to rely very heavily on Mark Ingram. I think a lot of that was them just working him back into the game plan. It being his first game back, I want to see how they split the work between these two guys. Do they go back to what they were last year, where Mark Ingram was getting a lot of the rushing attack or the rushing work and Alvin Kamara was just thriving and destroying people in the receiving game? If they do that, I expect Alvin Kamara to again have a good game and Mark Ingram to probably have a good game here too. Um, if they don't, uh, I don't expect either one of them to 
do much of anything then. Like I said, it, it's really going to be interesting for me. It, it's hard to tell them having that bye week kind of sandwiched in between these games. I don't know how they're going to get used. Uh, I do think that Kamara has a good chance to score here because he'll get the receiving work. I, I, I'm not really trusting Mark Ingram to do much here. All right, so for Michael Thomas here, I expect him to do fairly well in this game. I expect him to kind of come back to what he was before the game, uh, before the bye week game there where he not necessarily struggled but didn't quite put up the points he had been putting up the first five weeks. I do expect him to score in this game. Ted Ginn has been placed on the IR due to a knee injury. Um, I think this spells out really good news, or it's really good news for Traquan Smith. Uh, he was a rookie a lot of people were excited about, especially with the speed that he showed. Uh, but a lot of people knew he was going to be stuck behind Ted Ginn. He is no longer stuck behind him anymore, obviously, with him going on the IR. I like Traquan Smith. I think he's going to have a breakout game here, as I think he's going to be better at doing what Ted Ginn did in and getting down the field and getting by people again. This Ravens defense is very good. They have a great secondary. So it's I'm not going to say that it's going to be easy for him to do. But I expect Traquan Smith to score on a big play this week. And really kind of be his opening or his coming out party. For Baltimore. Um, so Flacco here is going to be interesting because the Saints defense has not been as good as they were last year. Uh, the Baltimore offense has been good. They've been able to score, uh, been pretty explosive. Uh, what worries me here for, for them is their running game. So Alex Collins has not been particularly good. Neither has Javorius Allen. And I think if the Saints can really kind of key in on stopping the passing game, it's going to hurt the, the Ravens and not allow them to put up a lot of points because I don't think that they're that worried about Alex Collins beating them on the ground. I'm not expecting Alex Collins or Javorius Allen to have a good game here, but I do expect Flacco and these wide receivers to because I actually have the Ravens winning this game. Uh, with that being said, I think John Brown here is going to have a good game. I do expect him to score. I think Michael Crabtree, uh, while will not score, I expect him to have a good game as well. Again, they, they've just they've looked really good. I, I do think they're going to be able to play the the Saints tough. I don't expect this to be a a blowout game on either side, and I don't expect it to be a huge scoring game. I expect it to be like a twenty four twenty one game, um, and I do. I, I do expect the Ravens to win, and I like John Brown's chances to kind of come back to to being that explosive, uh, long, uh, down-the-field touchdown threat that he had been the past couple weeks. Because, uh, like I said, this, this Rave, Ravens defense, the Saints defense, has not been very good this year. Uh, the next game here, we have the... Ooh, uh, I'm miss. I almost missed it. Uh, here, going to be a really good game, I think. The three and three Dallas Cowboys going up against the three and two Washington Redskins. Uh, the Cowboys actually being given the fifty-two percent win here, and Washington being favored by one or being given one point. So pretty much a pick'em game here for these two. So for the Cowboys, did we finally get to see what they're going to be doing with their offense now? Because if this is what they're going to be doing, I like what I saw last week. I am not necessarily a Cowboys fan, but the way that they got Dak out and about, I think, is going to help them. Again, this offensive line, while it used to be one of the best in the league, is dealing with injury issues. They lost Travis Fredericks. I'm telling you, if they can get Dak on the move, out of the pocket, get him on some bootlegs, let him run the ball... 
this offense is going to be much more it's it's going to be much more deadlier because you're not going to know what to expect than him just standing back there in the pocket not being able to get the ball to people. If that happens, I think it helps free up Zeke even more. Again, he had a really good game against that defense last week and obviously Cole Beasley as well. So that being said with the Cowboys though, this Redskins defense is much better than people um have been giving him credit for. They're actually one of the top defenses in the league right now, not just stopping the run but the pass as well. Uh, I do think Zeke has a good game here. I don't expect him to go over 100 yards, but I've got him down here for about 80, 82 to 85 with a touchdown. For the wide receivers, uh, Cole Beasley, I do expect to get a bulk of the looks here. He he's obviously has that rapport and the connection with Dak and these other guys have just not done anything. Alan Hearns, nothing. Michael Gallup, nothing, which is surprising to me because I really liked him. Coming out of college, I thought he was going to actually end up being like the rookie wide receiver leader because I thought he just had so much talent and the Cowboys had nobody else that he would show out, but he just hasn't done it. Uh, for the Redskins side here, I, I I don't expect Alex Smith to have a very good game here because, again, much like the Redskins defense, this Cowboys defense is much better than people give them credit for. I've been saying it all year long. This defense is really good. They've played really well. Uh, and I expect them to do so again here. I'm not th- I, I, I'm not big on Adrian Peterson doing anything this game. I think they're going to be able to not necessarily stop him, but definitely slow him down. Right now, Chris Thompson is questionable to play. Obviously, I hope that he plays. Uh, he's still dealing with that rib issue. Uh, he's he, you know one of the more dynamic receiving running backs in the game. If he's in there, I think he could have a huge game here. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys have very good a very good linebacking core, so if depending on who gets matched up with Thompson, they could slow him down a little bit, but I think he's just going to get so much work out of the backfield with catches and everything that he'll come through for you. If he plays, I actually have him scoring, mainly too because I don't think they have any wide receivers here. I mean, they they just don't. Their, their wide receivers have been bad. Jamison Crowder is already out with the ankle injury. You got Paul Richardson, who's doubtful with the shoulder injury. So now you're looking at relying on Josh Doxson, who hasn't done anything. Michael Floyd, who is a so-so wide receiver. Maurice Hurst, who's done nothing. Brian Quick. So, really, he's got no one to rely on here but, say, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, and... Chris Thompson if Chris Thompson plays so that's why I think Chris Thompson is going to have a good game here and Jordan Reed those those would be the two guys I rely on I would rely on here against the Cowboys uh, and I have the Redskins winning this game just because of the home field advantage and getting a field goal at the end of the game to win it so the last afternoon game here, we have the 6-0 Los Angeles Rams going up against the 1-5 San Francisco 49ers with, of course, you guessed it, the Rams getting a 74% chance to win here and being given 9 points, which I think is a little bit much. Uh, obviously, the Rams here, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, they're immediate plays. Like, I I don't even really think there's much analysis to break down with these guys, just because they've been so good. Obviously, Jared Cook, as I said earlier, I I, I was wrong on him. He's obviously proven he's much better than just a game manager here. Already thrown for 1,900 
1,900 yards, 12 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Just been ridiculous. Uh, he's he's a, he's a must start for me against this San Francisco 49ers defense, as is obviously Todd Gurley. I don't, and I I feel like I should I should you know maybe cross the fingers behind my back or something saying this. I don't expect him to have a huge game here. I just don't. Uh, these games always seem to be tighter. Uh, you know these rivalry games they just seem to be tighter than usual and. I do think that they're going to be able to slow down Gurley a little bit. Now, I still expect him to score, and I think he's going to put up probably 80, 80-ish yards or so, but I don't expect him to have the 100- to 200-yard game and multiple touchdowns. I'm, I really think they're I really think they're going to be able to limit him to about 80 yards and a touch in this game. For the wide receivers, again, Cooper Cup is out with the MCL sprain, so I think uh, Goff is obviously going to be relying heavily on Cooks and Woods. Again, I know Josh Reynolds, uh, is going to be in for uh, for Cup in the slot there. And again, I, I like Josh Reynolds coming out of college. I think he's a very intriguing prospect. Uh, I just don't see him doing much in this game. I really think he's going to, again, Goff is going to target those other two guys. And I expect Woods to have a much better game than Cooks. Uh, but I do expect actually both of them to score. For the 49ers side here, C.J. Beathard has Obviously played very good on Monday night, and I expect him to have an okay game here again. Rams defense, uh, especially up front, has been awesome. I expect them to be able to get after him, which for me I think means he's going to be dumping off to Matt Breida and George Kittle quite often. Uh, I expect both those guys to have a good game. Uh, Matt Breida looks to be fine. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about Raheem Mostert. Uh, I expect him to get some some work here as well. The Kyle Shanahan has come out and said that Alfred Morris might be getting some work as well. I don't really trust anybody else in this backfield besides Matt Breida. So if you've got those other guys, I would not play Alf or Raheem unless you are absolutely desperate, but Matt Breida is good to go for me. Again, at tight end, George Kittle, he he's a must play. He's looks to be fine. He's they they say that he's healthy and good to go, and he's a, he's a very a trusted target of C.J. Beathard at wide receiver. I think really the only guy that I trust is Marquise Goodwin. We obviously saw him blow up Monday night. Again, as we've talked about before, those two had a connection last year when they played together. I think he's you know a former track star from Texas. He's obviously got the speed. Uh, he's he's a legit wide receiver, and I think he's going to be able to get by. This Rams secondary is the worst part about their defense, especially with the injuries uh, that they've suffered. I expect Goodwin to be able to get you that one good play to make his day worth it, but of course, I have the Rams winning this game and going to 7-0. and So then moving into the Sunday night game, which I think could be an awesome game, especially for fantasy. The 4-2 and Cincinnati Bengals going up against the 5-1 and Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs getting the 70, 70% matchup predictor favorite there, and they are being given 5 points. So for the Bengals side of things, Andy Dalton, I expect him to have a good game. He said, I expect this, I really do expect this to be a shootout 34, 37, 35 type of game. Like it's, the, neither one of these defenses are great. Uh, I think the Bengals defense is better than the Chiefs, and the Bengals defense has shown that they can play up to an elite defense at points in the season. But for the most part, they have struggled against superior offenses. And I think, obviously, I think everybody thinks that that's what the Chiefs are. So I expect Dalton's going to have to throw to stay in this game, and I expect him to play fairly well. Uh, again, what worries me a little bit about Dalton 
as the weeks have gone on is that he has failed to come up in the big games. Now, he came through earlier this season on Thursday Night Football when he threw the three touchdowns to A.J. Green and they blew out the Baltimore Ravens and nobody thought that he was, including myself. Um, so I am a little worried about that because that was just once. All the other times he's been horrible in primetime games, but I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to trust in, in the Red Rifle here and think that he is going to have a great game. Joe Mixon, while I don't expect him to do much on the ground, I do expect him to get some work out of the backfield receiving as well. He'll come through for you. I actually expect him to get you a receiving touchdown, not a rushing touchdown, and put up about a total of 80 yards. That's rushing and receiving. That you know, I, Like I said, not a great game, but he'll come through for you. He'll get you at least 10 points at least. That's what That's what I'm predicting. Uh, for the wide receivers here, I actually think this is going to end up being an A.J. Green game, not a Tyler Boyd game. I do expect both uh, to have good games, though. I expect A.J. Green to score. Tyler Boyd, I think, is going to get you about 10 points. I think he's going to get you, you know, 30, 40 yards and then multiple catches. But I think they're going to really kind of key on Tyler Boyd a little bit. And I expect A.J. Green to come through for you with the score here. Though I could see Tyler Boyd scoring. Um, matter of fact, I take that back. I think they're both going to score here. I just think A.J. Green's going to have multiple scores in the better game. I, I like Green in this matchup. I just think he has the better matchup here in the secondary. And I think he's going to be able to, to win some matchups on the outside and give you some points. But if I really expect them to put up 35, there's no... No way AJ Green's doing it all by himself. So Tyler Boyd, I, I, I God, I have him ranked highly. He's he's gonna have a good game. I don't want to keep sounding so wishy washy. I just don't expect him to have the huge games that he's been having lately with like the two touchdowns and then eighty something receiving yards. On the Chiefs side of things here, obviously Patrick Mahomes, I think, is going to continue to be good. Again, 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's just been ridiculous. I expect him to add three more touchdowns on his total this week and one interception. He'll be good to go. Kareem Hunt, same thing as Joe Mixon. I expect him to have a good game here and come through in the receiving part, not the rushing part. I expect him to, though, put up over 100 total yards and get you a touchdown. In the receiving game here, I'm going to start with Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey is going to score. I think he's going to have a good game. He's going to get you over 40 yards and a touch. Um, I like his matchup against some of these linebackers, or if he gets pressed up against a safety or cornerback, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I expect him to come through for you. For the wide receivers, so... I have Tyreek ranked fairly high this week, but I am starting to worry about him a little bit. Um, while I, th- why I think he's going to come through for you is because of the way Patrick Mahomes is able to do that kind of run around and the backyard football plays where he gets gets away from a rush, and then Tyreek Hill is just so good and so fast that he finds the opening in the secondary, and Patrick Mahomes is able to flick it for the 80 yards and find Tyreek Hill. I could easily see that happening this week, but if I had to choose someone, and it hurts me to say this, I think this could be a Sammy Watkins game. I think that the Bengals' defense is going to key on trying to find a way to stop or slow down Tyree Kill. I think they're going to put a safety over the top of him and hope that he doesn't get burned by them, and that the rush gets home on Patrick Mahomes, so he has to get it out quicker than he usually would or not allow him to get out of the pocket and just fling it down the field to Tyree Kill. And that is where I expect Sammy Watkins to come in, him and Chris Conley. Um, I do expect uh, Sammy Watkins to have a better game than Chris Conley, uh, and I actually think Sammy Watkins is worthy of a wide receiver to start 
this week, and then I do have the Bengals winning this game. I can't remember. Hang on, I've got. To, I actually have to check my notes. I'm for. I'm really thinking. I picked the Bengals to win this game uh, in the FLA blog, and I didn't. I picked the Chiefs to win. So I have the Chiefs winning this game. And that is going to do it, guys, for all of the uh, the games here. Uh, we will now do the Thursday Night Football Breakdown, since I apologize. I did not do that at the start of the podcast. So, it was a horrible game for Arizona. Um, really, I don't think there's much to talk about here. Uh, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald scored, which was good for Larry Fitzgerald owners, though doubt anybody actually used Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, DJ just 39 yards, only got the three catches like I talked about. I just don't, I guess it doesn't matter now at this point because uh, Mike McCoy did get fired, but they've got to find a better way to use one of the best running backs in the league. And then, of course, Josh Rosen, just a horrible game here. One touchdown, three interceptions, two returned for touchdowns, and then the two lost fumbles as well. For Denver's side of things here, obviously Case Keenum didn't have a great game, just 161 yards, the one touchdown, one interception, but is looking better. I think he's slowly getting better every week. Um, I'm not quite on the let's just give Chad Kelly the job train like a lot of Denver fans are. I think Case Keenum is going to be fine here. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders came through big time for you, 102 yards, a touchdown, and a throwing touchdown. So him and Odell have that in common now, throwing a touchdown and getting a receiving touchdown. Again, he's had that connection with Case Keenum all year long and has looked really good. Uh, did injure his ankle in the game, but head coach Vance Joseph came out earlier today and said that he is fine, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. And then, of course, my guy, Philip Lindsay, man. God, I love this kid. He really came through for you guys last night. 14 rushes for 90 yards and a touch. Just continuing to ball out and is probably becoming my favorite player in the league now. Uh, I love his kid, love this kid, love his heart, love the way he fights. So again, just a horrible game for the for the Cardinals here getting beat 45 to 10. We'll see what happens now. Again, they got their mini bye. Um they've have the former quarterback Byron Leftwich taking over the play calling duties. So That will do it for the Thursday night football breakdown. We will now jump into my cover four before we end the podcast. And again, the cover four, my four bold predictions at each position for the weekend. At quarterback for my cover four this week, I have got my number one bold prediction, Baker Mayfield. That's right, Baker, the bake show. Going to throw for three touchdowns. Number two, I've got, ooh, I don't know which one I'm going to go with. You know what? I'm going to do it. Mitch Trubisky is going to go for two touchdowns and 300 yards with 30 rushing yards. Uh, I've got number three, Blakey Bortles, the good Blake, showing up, torching this Texans defense for over 280 yards in the air with two touchdowns and 60 rushing yards as well. And then last but not least, Dak Prescott is going to return to Dak Prescott this week as he finally puts up more than 250 passing yards with three touchdowns. He's going to put 40 on the ground and just try but end up losing to the Washington Redskins. 
my cover four now for the running backs. I've got for the Tennessee Titans. That's right, Tennessee Titans, baby. Deion Lewis finally takes hold of this backfield, puts up over 100 yards, and gets a touchdown. For the Lions, carry on Johnson again, just like Deion Lewis asserts his hold on this uh, running back. Uh, committee that they've got here as Carryon Johnson puts up 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, in the Patriots-Bears game, I've got Jordan Howard is going to outrush Sony Michelle. What? What? Jordan Howard? Sony Michelle? That's right. You heard it. Howard won't score, but he'll have more rushing yards than Sony Michelle. And then last but not least for running back, Chris Thompson. He plays, comes through, over 100 yards in the receiving game, and a touchdown for the Redskins. For my cover four bold predictions at wide receiver this week, Antonio Callaway comes through for you. He scores and gets you 80 yards in the receiving game. Number two bold prediction for wide receivers, Josh Gordon, he finally does go into attack mode for the Patriots, over 100 yards and a touchdown against the Bears. Number three, as I talked about earlier, Traquan Smith's coming out party. I know he's already scored so far this season, but not had a huge game. He gets it this week, 120 yards and a touchdown against that Baltimore Ravens defense. And last but not least for my cover four on wide receivers, Kenny G, baby. He's got the money. He knows when to hold them, when to fold them. He's going to score two touchdowns against the Dolphins this week, but only give you about 50 yards. But that's all right because we'll take 12 points from the two touchdowns. Last but not least, my cover four for our tight ends this week, starting right back into that Patriots-Bears game, Trey Bertone comes through again for you with a touchdown and about 40 receiving yards. Titans-Chargers, Antonio Gates comes through for you with a touchdown. Panthers-Eagles, Zach Ertz in a losing effort goes off against this Panthers defense. Gets you 80 yards and a touchdown. And last but not least, I've, I've got to do it, baby. I've got to do it, and I'm, I'm hoping that it happens. David Njoku with his guy, Baker Mayfield, comes through to help the Browns win a close one in Tampa Bay. David Njoku, 80 yards receiving and two touchdowns with a game winner and that guys will do it right there for my cover for bold predictions of the week again doing this every week so far on the season i am an idiot and lost my paper where i had the standing so i will update you guys on that next week but i know the last time that i did this i did awesome i went over 500 it was nice though two weeks behind of that 
I was not so good, so it was good to kind of come through that week. So again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. Uh, it's been awesome doing this. It's been a real pleasure being able to do this every day. Again, I apologize about not being able to put one out yesterday. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get back into the groove of daily again once all this stuff in my personal life gets sorted out. So... With that being said, again, guys, check back tomorrow. I will have some college football stuff out tomorrow, whether it's just the prospects or the games, we'll see. But I will definitely get working on those tomorrow. And then otherwise, I hope you guys have a great Sunday and a great Saturday. Enjoy the college football game Saturday. Enjoy the Sunday slate. We've got a lot of great games coming up. And as always... As always, you can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. You can find all of our FLA stuff on Medium, the FLA blog. If you have the Fantasy Life app, it's always up on there. And, of course, you can always hit anybody up on the FLA blog on Twitter. And any of those guys will happily get back to you and and just give you any and all kinds of great advice. I'm telling you, these guys work just as hard as I do on all of their content, and it's really good. So, I wish nothing for the best for you guys this week. Hope you guys get the wins that you need. Hope the fantasy gods bless you with a win and great fantasy success this weekend. Until Monday, guys, I will talk to you again then. Later. Peace. Have a good weekend. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on ready. Do you got your pop on ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle him at the point of Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> 